Welcome to today's episode of Discussions on Important Topics. Today we're going to talk about uh, religion, spirituality, faith, you know, all three different names. Now, we're going to talk about religion in the USA and the world. In 2019, Christians represented 65% of the total adult population. 43% identified as Protestants, 20% as Catholic, and 2% as Mormons. Now, in 2021, a Pew Research Center survey showed that religiously unaffiliated adults rose to 29%, while Christianity dropped to 63%, with 40% Protestant, 21% Catholic, and 2% other. Not really sure what the other represents, but there are over 4,000 religions in the world. And it's no wonder people get so confused about which faith, you know, to pick. And we're going to discuss that uh, a little more later in this uh, conversation. Now, Christianity is the world's largest religion, which is practiced by almost 2.4 billion people. Now, the Oxford Dictionary gives this definition of religion. The belief in and worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal god or gods. The uh, superhuman part kind of um, surprised me a bit. Just that kind of wording just, you know, surprised me. The belief in and worship of a superhuman. Hmm. Okay, ideas about the relationship between science and religion is also in there. And a pursuit or interest to which someone ascribes supreme importance. Now, the word faith in the dictionary. A strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof, which goes into the scripture that says we walk by faith and not by sight. And that's why it says spiritual apprehension rather than proof. Now, the definition of God seems on point. So that, 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 that last one on faith is good. With all the religions in the world, it is no wonder so many people are confused about which one to follow, as I just previously said. If someone claims to follow a loving religion, then their words and actions should show what they are speaking. So, you know, if, if they claim that they are following some kind of loving God or faith, 
then their words, actions, and deeds should show that. Although no one's perfect and there's everyone has a bad day. So we need to always keep that in mind. In the Christian faith, the Bible tells us they will know we are Christians by our love and the fruit of our actions. The fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, peace, joy, kindness, and all those all those things. So it's important that we try to um, walk the walk and talk the talk and not just do one or the other. Because then that would fall in line with hypocrisy. Now, Bible versions. There are 1,700 Bible versions in over 1,200 languages. According to an article by Cambridge Unique Press, the King James Version is the most accurate translation of the Bible in the world. And not only that, <clears throat> for someone who's new to reading the Bible, it's also the most uh, confusing translation because, you know, it's got thee and thou and those kind of words that people don't really understand that don't really fit in with today's modern language. Um, so it is no wonder there is so much confusion by believers and non-believers alike with so many religions to choose from and so many translations of the Bible to read. You need to look at uh, different versions online and, you know, find out one you feel most comfortable with and can best understand. And, and it's nice you can go online and do that and check out different ones for free and Find something that's that's uh, comfortable for you. Now, as far as church, you can also go online and see what uh, ministries a church has and what their mission statement is. You know, and even watch their service online to see what it is like before you visit. Now, this is a good way to get to know a church before attending. But, of course, you would have to visit to get a feel for the people, you know, and the staff. And don't become discouraged because it could take time to find a church where you feel you fit in and you can grow as a Christian. And once you get to the place, you can then find a ministry that you can become involved in and volunteer. But it's very important um, not to rush into anything. You need to feel, you know, led of the Spirit to, to, to do that. Now... As you get to know the Bible, you will be able to see if the church is in line with the doctrines and theology of the Bible. Remember, the Bible tells us that we should not add to or take away from the words of the Bible. It is complete in its current state. And that situation is, you know, a problem in, in a few certain places. It's also very important, this is a kind of a really key point, that uh, it's important to remember that there is no perfect Christian, be it pastor, priest, etc. Some will make moral and legal mistakes, as we have seen since Bible times. But we are all forgiven when we ask by the mercy and grace of God. Now, it is too easy to point out the faults of another person without considering our own. 
You know, and the Bible warns about this, that we should not point out the speck in another person's eye when we have a stick in our own eye, paraphrased. Um, now, here's something that's a very complicated thing in our society, and that is forgiving. So, you know, forgiving can be the easy part, but forgetting is what is hard. So, you know, people have a misconception about this because forgiving someone does not let that person off the hook. Forgiving is for your benefit, so you are not consumed by anger or revenge. Remember what matters most is what God thinks of you, not what others think of you. But of course, we all want to be liked by others. Just make sure it does not come with strings attached. And remember, and this is a, a difficult thing for a lot of people. It has been from even myself. But you never have to be anyone than who you truly are. You don't have to change your personality for this group of people and a different one for that group of people. You need to be uh, true and honest to yourself and just be who you are. People think that once you become a Christian, that all the fun is thrown out the window. But that's not true. There's still a lot of fun things Christians do. There's great Christian rock bands and concerts to go to and, and, and just all kinds of other events. And some say there's too many rules to follow. Well, are there no rules and laws we must follow as non-Christians? Well, of course we follow God's law. Because who knows what is best for us than the creator of the universe? Now, just because you may slip and fall several times does not mean you can't be forgiven. What is most important thing is not how many times you fall, but how many times you get up. Remember that. It's not important how many times you fall. It's how many times you pick yourself back up with God's help. No one knows the intent of our heart better than the one who created it, God himself. He knows our intent. He knows. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy by being harder on ourselves than anyone else. Now keep in mind, by becoming a Christian, your problems do not disappear. You will have trials and tribulations, but you will have the creator of the universe on your side, along with your family and your church family. Okay, let's look up uh, this definition. Why is church called a church? Now, the English language word for church is from the Old English word cerisi, derived from a West Germanic kirika, which in turn comes from the Greek kurikane, meaning of the Lord, uh, a progressive from kurios, which means ruler or Lord. Now, another common word, salvation. Preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss. Theology of salvation says that deliverance from sin and its consequences believed by Christians to be brought about by faith in Christ. Sin, an immoral act considered to be a transgression 
transgression against divine law, you know, a sin in the eyes of God. Being set free or forgiven by God and other people gives you a sense of peace with God and yourself. In order to be in peace with God, you must first have the peace of God. Let me say that again. In order to be at peace with God, you must first have the peace of God. So there's two different kinds of pieces there, and they fit in. One gives you the other. A quote from the Dalai Lama says, Our prime purpose in this life is to help others. And if you can't help them, at least don't hurt them. Now, I'm not a follower of the Dalai Lama and have nothing against him, but I sure agree with his quote. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me read it one more time. Our prime purpose in this life is to help others. And if you can't help them, at least don't hurt them. That's a quote again from the Dalai Lama. Sometimes we will hear things from other people with whom we may not agree with. Maybe we don't agree with their theology or doctrine. But they can still make very good points. I have learned that in order to live at peace with others, it is good if we can agree to disagree with one another and respect one another's beliefs. It makes for a peaceful environment and can allow us to work together towards a common goal. I would think that it's everybody's goal to live in peace and at peace with others, but sometimes you wonder based on people's words and actions. And one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm getting at there is some people, it's like they thrive on drama. You know, it's, it just feeds them and they got to have more and more and more. It's almost like an addiction. Now, uh, looking at what the definition from peace, it says freedom from disturbance or tranquility. Now, many words are misused or misunderstood in today's world. So really, more people need to use a dictionary before using a word. And some people just don't care. It's called being self-centered. Now, me, I go on Google a lot, and I'll look up the definition of a word to make sure that I'm uh, using it in its proper uh, sense, which I think is a good idea. You know, there is an old saying, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And this is actually kind of based on, you know, a, a Bible scripture. So, live according to your faith and try and make this a better world for everyone. And you will reap rewards in this life and in heaven. And I believe that's very true. And I know it is. Seek to bring people to their peace with God. And remember, God sees and hears all. He knows what we say or do before we even think it. And your rewards will be great in heaven. When in trouble, reach out for help, as there is no shame in asking for help. We all need it, you know, throughout our lives. And one of our purposes is to help each other in lifting one another up, encouraging one another, building each other stronger. You know, and just our basic coping skills to help make each person a little bit stronger and a little more independent and in being able to, you know, to cope with things. And remember, life is a learning experience and you can learn till the day you die. 
if you keep an open mind. Enjoy all the beautiful things God has created and for his pleasure and ours. And be in awe at them because they are truly amazing. Now, I will say I don't understand the purpose of all creation, say like flies or cockroaches or bedbugs. But we are not to understand these things as God's mind is not ours. We are not to understand or comprehend everything of God because we wouldn't be able to, first of all, understand it. Second, we just wouldn't know what to do with it. So that's why some questions are unanswered. Nobody has all the answers to, you know, every question. It's just impossible to know that. And the thing is, too, is that, you know, like, when someone dies, they're just like, well, so-and-so has gone to heaven now. And I can't, or nobody else can say that that person truly has or has not gone to heaven because we don't know what their faith was or what their relationship with God was. It's part of the mystery, splendor, and amazement of God. And that is why we walk by faith again and not by sight. We also have a huge responsibility in the stewardship of our money. Now we have every right and responsibility to know how our money is being spent by a church or charity. And you should ask to see the budget if a church is not willing to show you how they are spending their money, then you should not be donating your money to them. It's called being a good steward of God's money, you know, which is what he has called us to do. We have to be responsible for our money, especially even more so, it seems like nowadays with the big money crunch, you know, people have. So, We have to be extra careful about stuff like that. Stewardship. Definition of conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care and stewardship of natural resources. And that's what I was just talking about as far as being good stewards. Of our money. It's the conducting, supervising, or management of something, especially that careful. You know, it says the careful, and then it says, and responsible management of something. And that's the point I was just making was that it has to be very, very, you have to be very, very careful. You know, you can't trust everyone. There have always been scams out there, you know, and and it has gotten worse with the growth of technology, computers, and mobile phones, and with the outbreak of COVID-19, a lot of scams have come via the phone, texting, email, and probably even postal mail. Um, Remember, it seems good, if it seems too good to be true, check it out with your local attorney general's office and Better Business Bureau to play it safe. That's that, that's what I do. I I'll go online and check it out with the with the Better Business Bureau's online website. Because the Bible warns us. The Bible says to be aware of wolves in sheep's clothing. And that hits it right on the head there. And just use your God given common sense 
pray about it before giving. Ask God to direct you in your decisions. Keep your eyes and ears open to see what he was showing you. And keep your ears and eyes open to hear his voice. And See, because only he can lead and guide you into the best decisions for your life. Now, definition of the word servant, because we're called to be servants of God and servants to one another. A devoted and helpful follower or supporter, a tireless servant of God. Again, a devoted and helpful follower or supporter, a tireless servant of God. God calls us to have a servant's heart, to always be serving others in word and in deed. So, there's so much you know, going on out there today that it's just, it can be, <clears throat> excuse me, it can be very discouraging and um, just hard to know who's on our side. You know, um, we're always afraid of a person's motive, you know, if we do something to help them. Some people appreciate it and will try and find a way even you know to bless you back and even if you tell them well I didn't do it to get a blessing in return I did it you know because that's you know how I am but I learned a lesson and that is this I used I've always been the type of person that will help people but will never ask for help and I had some kind of Awakening. I don't know what you would really want to call it, where it came to know, you know, you get so much blessing out of helping people, but you're not letting other people help you, which in turn might be a blessing to them. And so gradually I've gotten to the point, you know, where I'll, if a person wants to do something nice for me, I'll be like, well, you really don't have to do that. And they'll say, well, I really want to. Then, I'll let that person uh, bless me, and in return, I hope that is, you know, a blessing to them. I know I went over a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff for you to, you know, kind of think about and all that I've said. But I think we touched on some pretty good, um, you know, some pretty good key points, and not everyone's going to agree with everything that I have said, and that's okay. Take the good that can help you and what you feel can't help you. Sweep it aside because that's what you got to do. That's that's the best thing, you know. And I understand that people have become even, you know, um, more leery nowadays because of, like I was talking about earlier with the whole COVID-19 thing, people are just, you know, it really brought out, <clears throat> excuse me, not just paranoia, which, you know, brought a lot of paranoia and a lot of conspiracy theories, you know, about um, about COVID. And uh, so, but that's okay. You know, um, you just, again, they're just things you've got to um, work through and, and um, do a little at a time. And, you know, whatever your faith may be, it's important to practice it every day 
I am a Christian. Now, the first thing I do in the morning when I get up is I read just a quick morning devotion out of a devotional book. And then you need to, um, we all do, and I'm guilty of this too, we all need to, even if you just open your Bible and you read one chapter, can make a huge difference. And that's something I need to become better at myself. So, but you can't, like a baby, a baby can't grow if it's not nourished. Well, your faith can't grow if it's not nourished. It's going to stay stagnant and probably over time it'll disappear. So, I think we could all spare uh, maybe five minutes for a devotional and another you know, five or ten minutes for a, um, to read a chapter or two, whichever you feel you want to do out of the Bible every day. For me, I get up early in the morning before the crack of dawn and do it just to get my day started right and on track. So that's, 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 um, how I do it. But it's, it's, um, you know, it's very important. And, so sometimes we can show our faith without even speaking a word to people. It's like I was explaining earlier through our words, of course, but now we're talking without words, with our deeds, with our actions. Can people will look at that and say, "Well, how come you're so, you know, happy or you know, cheerful or you're smiling all the time?" And you then you that opens up that door to share your faith with them. So there are many ways to do it. Um, most of them are perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, people wear uh, Christian jewelry, uh, Christian t-shirts. They listen to Christian music. They display Christian things in their home and perhaps even at their office of you know, if they're allowed to. So it just kind of def- uh, depends. And it kind of triggers something in my mind about about Christianity. You know, the, the government always talks about the separation of church and state. And what I don't understand is, on money, of course, it says, in God we trust. When you go into court, you're sworn in with your hand on a Bible. You've got something... Written on a wall in back of the uh, the judge behind his chair, which is in God we trust. How can there be separation of church and state with these circumstances? Now, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't see any reason why the church or its people cannot be involved in government, because then you could throw in the whole thing of well. It's the freedom of speech. So it becomes almost like a double standard. You know, um, you can't do this, but we're going to do this here. And that's always been confusing to me about, you know, that, that, that whole separation of church and state. And then on the, you flip the coin. And on the other side, it says, well, the freedom of speech. So it's like a double-edged sword. It's, it's one f- constantly fighting the other. And 
so I don't say it, but it's, like I said, it's written all over our money, it's written in courthouses, but yet, in a lot of school districts, you can't even, kids can't pray in school, but yet, you've got this going on in courthouses across the country, being sworn in on a Bible, swearing to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God, so that you're even speaking God's name while you're um, being sworn in. So it's kind of like, well, which one is it? Is it or is it not the separation of church and state? So that's kind of, and that just, that thought just kind of triggered into my mind a bit there, and I, and I had meant to mention it earlier, but it just kind of totally slipped, you know, slipped to my mind. But I think that, you know, prayer in public schools should be not mandatory, but at the beginning of the day, it should be an option for those um, children who want to stop and say, uh, you know, a quick prayer before the school day begins. They should have that op- option while others sit silently, just, you know, just for that few minutes. It wouldn't hurt a bit. Um, but our our world has, there's a lot of um, anger towards um God, really. I mean, some people don't want nothing to do with the church or with God. And some of the reason of that can be is because when they were younger, they had it shoved down their throat by their parents. You know, their parents forced them to go to forced them to go to Sunday school, forced them to go to church, even into their junior high years and that. And so when they got older, they just kind of rebelled against it. I don't, it's never a good idea to to um, push your faith down someone else's throat. Share it and tell them that, you know, hey, this is what I believe, but I respect whatever you choose to believe or not to believe. Uh, That's it for today. Um, I'll be back with another interesting topic next time. Until then, have yourself a great day.